Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Praise the Lord. I am going to read to you today from Matthew chapter 12. I'm reading just one verse of scripture here. It is verse 42, Matthew chapter 12, verse 42. It says here, the queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. How many of you feel somebody in this place today that's greater than Solomon? His name is Jesus. Boy, did we sing beautiful worship choruses about him today. Praise the Lord. And so I've entitled this message simply, Greater Than Solomon? With a question mark. Than Solomon? You know how great Solomon was? I'm going to tell you how great Solomon was. Uh, It was two weeks ago now that I preached a message on the power of influence, and um, I ended that message. That was when my grandson uh, Ritz was being dedicated, and I was talking about the influence that all of the people that were going to be in his life would have, and I talked about how influences, there are both good and bad influences in our life that we experience. And that really, uh, I guess the sum total of my message was that we really are the end result of the sum total of the influences that we have allowed to affect uh, our mindset and our actions. We are the result of those things that influenced us. And I made the point that, um, you know, people go around saying, I'm my own, I'm my own man. I do what I want. I, I, I'm, I'm the head of my house. And the truth of the matter is you are not your own man, nor are you your own woman. The truth of the matter is, and I made this point, I'm not going to re-preach that message, but I made the point that you are really just the sum total of everybody else's influences that have affected you. And I prove this by simply saying if you were raised on a desert island and just stepped off that island today, you would not be the person you are right now. Why? Because you didn't have all those influences. So you're not your own person. You're just the sum total of the major influences in your life. And I ended that sermon by saying, what hope do we have and who should we allow to influence us and what should we do? And the answer was, enter Jesus. Enter Jesus who said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, which means... Anything that says any other way than his way is wrong. Any other truth that contradicts his truth is not truth because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. So today I just want to spend a few moments talking about how great Jesus really is and why his influence in our lives should be all that we seek after. It'd be what our main focus is on, being affected by Jesus. Now, the Queen of the South that we read about in our scripture today, some of you might know her as the Queen of Sheba. You've probably heard the term the Queen, Queen of Sheba. I don't know if it's still a, 
a, a, a statement that, that people throw out to each other, but when in my day, someone thought they were really all that and, 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 and a bag of chips, uh, we'd say to them, well, what, do you, what do you think, you're the Queen of Sheba? Anybody ever hear that before? You think you're the Queen? That's where it comes from, the Queen of Sheba. She was the Queen of the South that Jesus talked about. The Queen of Sheba, the reason you say that about someone, what do you think they're the Queen of Sheba? Is because the Queen of Sheba was extremely rich. And she was extremely powerful. She possessed amazing wealth and amazing power, and she was all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> Can you say amen? But when the queen of Sheba heard some rumors about the greatness of Solomon, she said, I got to check this out. I can't imagine there's anybody that great. And so she went looking to see what she thought for herself about Solomon. I encourage you to find out for yourself what you think about Jesus. Don't take my word for it. Let me show you to him. And you make your own judgment. Because he's the greatest thing you're ever going to bump into. There ain't nothing greater than Jesus. However, let's get back to the story here. The Bible says, when the queen of Sheba, this is found in 1 Kings chapter 10, when the queen of Sheba had seen all of the wisdom of Solomon, she couldn't believe it, so she went to see for herself. She couldn't believe it. When she saw all the wisdom of Solomon, when she saw the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings, which he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit left in her. She was like, whoa, this is beyond my wildest imagination. So there was no more spirit left in her. And she said to the king, the report I heard was true, which I heard in my own land of your affairs and your wisdom. She said, but I did not believe those reports until I came and with my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. And I'm here to tell you today that no matter how hard I try, or no matter how hard anybody else tries to tell you how great Jesus is, we cannot tell the half of it. you got to experience it for yourself. <laughs> Praise God. There is no sufficient way to truly describe the greatness of God. And that's why when Philip went to, his, went to Nathaniel, he said, hey, come on, I have found the Messiah. They said, can I, he said, can anything good come out of Galilee? He tried to convince them that this was the guy, the Messiah. And finally, he couldn't do it with words. So how many of you know what he said? He said, come and see. <laughs> come and see. Come with me and just see for yourself. This guy's the real deal. I'm encouraging you to come and see that Jesus is the real deal. I can't explain him to you. And that, in fact, the, the famous words of, uh, of that great preacher, S.M. Lockridge, that preached that sermon, That's My King. I played portions of that on our screen a while back. He, he finally said, I w after, after going through all of these phenomenal descriptions, he said, I wish I could describe him to you, but he's indescribable. This Jesus I serve is indescribable. You've got to experience him for yourself. Dr. Robert G. Lee, I did not say Robert E. Lee. 
I said Robert G. Lee, he's a theologian, he said this. He said, the Pharisees wondered about Jesus' bold statement that a greater than Solomon is here. He said, Jesus is just a carpenter's son. This is what he said, and I quote. He said, Solomon was born in a palace. Jesus was born in a stable. They're trying to reconcile Jesus saying a greater than Solomon is here, and they're putting this he's born in a palace, but you're born in a stable. Solomon was born in Jerusalem. We know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem, the Bible tells us, is the least among the cities in Israel. Smallest and most insignificant. Solomon came from the capital. Jesus came from the least. Solomon had many, many servants to wait on him hand and foot. Jesus had no one to wait on him. Instead, he was serving others. This is the man who Jesus said of himself, a greater than Solomon is here. And they're trying to reconcile this stuff in their brain. And that's the problem we have, folks. We're trying to tell people how great Jesus is. And they come and they sit among us and they see all that's going on. And I think, how can this guy be so great when you look at these people? Well, get your eyes off of me and take a look at him. <laughs> Dr. Robert G. Lee said, Solomon had many servants to wait upon him hand and foot. Jesus had none. Instead, he was serving people. He says, Solomon wore kingly robes. Jesus wore peasant's garb. Solomon drank from vessels of gold. Jesus had to get a Samaritan harlot to give him a drink. Solomon was rich beyond compare. Jesus had nothing in this world. Solomon had great armies. Jesus had a few straggling fishermen following him around town. Solomon lived in mansions. Jesus was homeless. And said at one point, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Solomon had thousands of horses and chariots, and he rode in splendor. Jesus had to walk everywhere he went. And you're telling me you're greater than Solomon? Because this sure don't look it. And I'm here to tell you today that until you get on the inner circle, until you know him like I know him, you won't think very much of him, but if you will accept him into your life, into your heart, into your world, and begin to follow after him, you will see what the common people don't see. You will see the king of glory. Who you'll see. Go ahead and clap. That's okay. Listen, listen, listen. Don't ever worry about interrupting me because you want to clap and shout. I will shut up and finish this next week if I have to. You talk about wise men. Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. You'd do well to spend, we, we would do well to take our grammar school kids and give them nine years of studying the book of Proverbs. And they'd be better citizens than what we're teaching them. Just from the book of Proverbs. He wrote those Proverbs. He knew 3,000 different Proverbs and he had memorized 50. 
1,500 songs. How many songs are on your vocabulary, James? Two, maybe three. <laughs> Jen was here at 8.30. She was playing. I gave her five or six. <laughs> 1,500 songs he knew in his head. That's how smart he was. Solomon knew all about the created universe. He taught on animal, animal life. He taught about how things work in the world. <laughs> Jesus made the world that he only knew about. Did you hear me? I said, Jesus made the world that Solomon only knew about. A greater than Solomon is here. Solomon knew about the cycles of the wind. Jesus knew how to rebuke the wind and tell it to stop. Solomon knew all about navigation. He sent ships out all over the earth to bring back riches. But Jesus didn't even need a ship because he could walk on water. Solomon built a palace for himself, and it took 13 years to complete it. Greatest palace probably ever built in the history of humanity. 13 years to complete this palace. It, it defied description. Jesus is building a greater house. He said in John 14, 2, In my Father's house there are many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I heard a preacher years ago, I've never forgot this statement, years ago I heard this. He said, look at, look at this world, how great and glorious this world is. You know God built this place in six days? He put this world together in six days. He said, what in the world has it taken him 2,000 years to make for you and me? <laughs> he could do this in six days. 2,000 years ago he said, I'm going to prepare a place. What is he making? What is heaven going to be like? Praise God. I want to ask you something. I'm going to wrap this up in a few moments here. I want to ask you something. What would it take to really make you happy? What would it take to really make you happy? You see, we get caught up with things. You ask someone, would it make you happy? What would you like? Would you like a bigger house on 10 acres of land? beautiful woods in the back and deer that come up and eat from your, your flowers. <laughs> the rabbits hop around, wiggling their noses at the foxes that are trying to eat them. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> back to, I'm trying, I want to be serious. Though. What would it take to make you happy? Man, if I, I tell you, I'm trying to, I got four kids raising them in this house with only two bedrooms and it's a shabby apartment on the back street of some alley in Schenectady and it's, it's just so hard living here. So, well, what will make you happy? How about, how about someone hands you and all the bills paid? You don't have to worry about the mortgage payment coming up. It's all taken care of. You got a now, now a four bedroom house, a nice couple acres of land, trees swaying in the breeze. What would that, is that what you need? Oh, yeah, that'd do it. What would that do? Tell you what, what you think it would do. You think it'll give you peace. You think it will give you stability. 
You think it'll give you, you can relax and not have to worry about where you're going to lay your head. You think it will do that. Let me tell you something. Jesus is greater. Why? Because he can give you that same feeling without the house. How about a million dollars? How about a million dollars in the bank? No taxes due. million dollars and you wake up, you look in your bank out, there is a million dollars. Are your troubles over? Are your problems done? You never have to worry about affording anything again. That broken down car, pitch it. I'm getting a new one. With the interest, I'm buying a new one. I'm not even going to break into the million. Where's that house you wanted, honey? We got the money now. What kind of car do you say you want? Let's go pick out the color. Is that what it takes to make you happy? Jesus is greater because he can give you that satisfaction without the million dollars. He is greater. He doesn't need anything to make you feel satisfied and fulfilled. Jesus alone is enough. Praise God, because only Jesus can give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, King Solomon was incredibly wealthy. I'm going to wrap this up in a moment, but bear with me. Just let me go a little longer. Is that all right? Thank you. King Solomon was incredibly wealthy to the point that King Tut, Bill Gates, and Jeff Bezos. Now, I found out in the 830 service that uh, Elon Musk might even be richer than Jeff Bezos now. So let's throw Elon Musk's name in here. King Tut, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Elon Musk are going to have to step aside to let King Solomon step forward as the richest person ever lived. King Solomon makes Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk together look like paupers. Can you say amen? amen? King Solomon had literally tons of gold along with ivory, spices, all of this stuff was poured into his coffers. He had everything this world had to offer, but let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus' wealth is greater because my Bible tells me that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So not only does he own the cattle on those thousand hills, but he owns the gold in those hills, the diamonds that are in those hills. He owns everything in the, in the dirt. In fact, to forget the thousand hills, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Hallelujah. Step aside, Elon. Here comes Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. So as far as the possessions of this world are concerned, there has never been one greater than Solomon. But as far as fame and fortune is concerned, there has never been one greater than Solomon. As far as being held in the highest esteem is concerned, there has never been one great greater than Solomon. But Jesus is greater than Solomon. And lastly... Jesus is greater in worship. Greater in worship. Solomon was there to lead the people in worship. And that's why he built the temple. God was the focus of Solomon's worship, and rightly so. 
Solomon sat on an earthly throne and he ruled an earthly kingdom that was really just one of many kingdoms. Israel didn't rule the world in that day. It was maybe the greatest kingdom, but it was just one of many kingdoms. But in Revelation chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible tells me, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, there was a throne set in heaven and it was not Solomon's throne. There was one that sat on that throne. His name is Jesus. And everyone around cried out, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. You see, Solomon sat on a throne, but he only led a a, a kingdom that was only one of many kingdoms that were in the world at the time. But when Jesus sits on his throne, he rules the whole world. And Solomon sat on his throne over a kingdom and he led the people to worship God. But the Bible says that Jesus is the object of our worship. He's not leading us in worship. He is who we worship. They cried, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power because you created all things, and by your will they exist and they were created. Solomon's throne ruled over a kingdom. Jesus Christ rules over every kingdom that ever was or that ever will be. And so I close one more time with the words of S.M. Lockridge in that same sermon when he said, that's my king. He said this, and I still wonder this today, when he said, I wonder, do you know him? I mean, do you really know him? Or do you know of him? Because my friend, listen carefully, I'll wait for the musicians to get up here so they can focus back on me for another minute. You know, uh, I, don't know what, what, I don't know what song you're getting ready to sing, but that one song you were singing earlier? Oh, standing, oh, okay. That's good. Me too. I had a song I was going to sing at the end of this, but that song they sang during worship service. What are the words to that song? Throw up my hands. I can't hear you, Jen, but... Yeah, they'll sing it. What a beautiful song. But let me finish here. Listen carefully to these words. I wonder, do you know him? Because he knows you, and this is his plan for you. If you will surrender to him and let him be your king. He said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Lord, I want to make sure my thoughts that I have towards you are correct because I know the thoughts that he has towards me. This is what they are. I have thoughts about you. I have thoughts of peace and not evil. I have thoughts to give you a future and a hope that this world can't give you. And then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. When? When will you listen to me? Verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. 
He's not one of many options. He's the only option. He's not one of many ways. He is the way. He's not one of several truths. He is the truth. And if you really want life, he's the life. And he's the way. When we stop looking for all of these things in all of this kingdom around us and turn our hearts 100% towards the things of God, you will find him in all of his glory. Because standing somewhere in the shadows of all this world, you will find Jesus. How will you know him? You'll know him by those nail prints in his hand. That he said, this is what I received in the house of my friends. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.